0: Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. It is Thursday, April 28th. First night of the NFL Draft is tonight. And I gotta tell you, I don't really care. I could care less. I'm going to see Dave Chappelle instead. And I bought the tickets and I looked to see if there's anything sports-wise that, you know, on the same date. I saw this draft I was like, I don't really care. This is, I think, this is one of the first years of the draft. Uh, Because, you know, usually I watch You know, like most NFL fans. Uh, The NFL does it right because the the way their cycle works, like, you're talking about the NFL year-round. So you got your long season, uh, ends in February, then you got the combine right after. So people still got the buzz from the Super Bowl. A couple weeks later, it's died down That they got the combine. So then people start talking about that. It's these... College kids running around in their underwear, doing the underwear Olympics. People talk about that for like two weeks and then the draft stock. And so everyone's doing mock drafts for the next two months after that. Then the draft rolls around and everyone's talking about that and all the trades that come in. Uh, Oh, yeah. And even before all that, you got your NFL free agency. So everyone's shuffling. Everyone's talking about that. Then after you have the draft, then you know training camp comes rolling around early in the summer. Someone's talking about that. Hard knocks comes on. People start talking about that. Then the competitions, Then the season starts, and then all through fall and winter, it just dominates the headlines. That's the league that does it right. Like their their timeline is just football nonstop all the time. That's why I think it's easily the most popular sport in America because they know how to do it. They know how to they know how to stay in the news cycle. But um, yeah, out of all the years, this draft like not a whole lot of buzz heading in. Because it kind of feels like for one of the first, like, the quarterback class, which is usually why you tune into the draft, it's one of the weaker ones we've had in recent years, most exciting position, and we don't have a whole lot of good ones. Like, it doesn't feel like a whole lot of, like, difference. You know, I'm sure there's going to be some steals, and, you know, there's going to be some impact players, but, like, there's no names that jump off the board that you're like, yeah, like, this guy, this guy's turning a franchise around. Like, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, he's a solid player, but, like, he's not moving the needle. It doesn't feel like the big difference maker, and a lot of the teams too. I think from this free agency because this is one of the few years, and this doesn't happen every year. Like you look at last couple of years, mind you, we didn't know the Bengals would be this good, but you know you get a Jamar Chase, and it feels like an impact. You know, feels like a big player that can like turn their fortunes around, or you get that one good quarterback. Um, like when the, the the year the the Bears traded for Mitch Trubisky, like that draft class when you had uh, Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson, it was like a team that drafted Deshaun Watson at the time. Like you figured. After watching them in college, like they're they're turning the franchise. For them. Like when the Texans got them, everyone was like, yeah, like this could be now a playoff team. And they turned into a playoff team. Now it kind of seems like we know who the contenders are. So regardless of who people pick, like it's not really going to shuffle the deck as far as contention goes. That's just my thought process. Like I, I don't think, for me personally, it doesn't have the same buzz it's done in years past. Also, too, like, and look at who the number one pick is. Like, Trayvon Walker, and uh, by the time you guys are listening to us, the draft's probably already going to be happening. So that's why I'm not going to dive into a big mock draft, but Trayvon Walker is probably going number one. He's minus 450. Big odds to win. I got to bet 450 just to win $100 uh, to go to Jacksonville. And like, <laughs> he, he's he did good at the combine, and I guess all of his, you know, he's putting up good numbers And as far as you know, the, the, the jumping. I don't know. I'm no scout. People like his measurables, but he wasn't that great in college. Like, he was okay, but you, like you watch him, he's nothing that like jumped off the page. So I, that, there you go. Like, you got a guy that did the drafting mostly off of potential, but like Trayvon Walker's had a household college football name. I watched plenty of Georgia games because they were good last year. Like never like Trayvon Walker's. never like, oh yeah, that guy. He looks like a first overall pick. Like, I, I, I don't know. And then Aiden Hutchinson, number two, another one's like he's good, but I don't think. Yeah. He feels like a Dan Campbell knee biter. I I could see him fitting in well with the Lions. He loves football coming off a dominant senior season. So, but like yeah, it's the the things to follow I think for this draft is the two quarterback Kenny Pickett's interesting and then Kenneth Walker going to be the two. Walker's really going to be the interesting one. I think he goes to Pittsburgh. That that makes a lot of sense. And I know they just addressed the quarterback thing with Mitch Trubisky, but um I I mean Mitch is, you, you got to have the safety net when you got Mitch there. Doesn't feel like their long-term starting solution. Seems more like a patchwork job. So, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers take Walker, and uh, we'll see. There's also some talk I heard you know, the Lions might take try and get Kenny Pickett because they have the 38th pick overall, I believe, too, in the second round. They have a higher or 32nd one too. They traded with the uh, the Rams, so they got two first-round picks. And Kenny Pickett, I can see falling down to there. There's some talk they might take him. I wouldn't at that spot. Like I don't think I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be that much of an upgrade over a Jared Goff. I mean, I guess the way why you'd sign him is because then you get the cheap quarterback too. You can add more pieces in free agency the next couple years, I guess. But I don't think it's that big of a significant upgrade over over a Jared Goff. I, I really don't. So we'll see how that goes. And of course, there's the Debo Samuel, and then that would be the Debo Samuel. I think would be the other reason that's worth watching. Is just to see where he gets traded. But if I if I'm the Jets here too, I don't think everyone thinks he's going to get this huge haul. Like I don't think. Because why, why is Debo Samuel, why is he valuable? Because he's got the multi, he can do play the running back receiver thing. Well, one of the reasons he wants to get out is because he doesn't want to run the ball anymore. He's like, why am I putting all this punishment on? And then you have to pay him $90 million, too. So am I giving up, like, two, three picks? Like, I might give him a first. I give him a first maybe, like, a fourth or a fifth is what I'd give up for Debo Samuel. Because he's not Devontae Adams at this point. He's not even a Cooper Cup. He's very good because he can do multiple things, but he doesn't want to. And... Yeah, you know, outside of Kyle Shanahan's system, is he really going to look that effective? So I I don't know. But if I'm the Jets, I would give up a first round pick for him. Yeah, maybe the tenth or the fourth, fourth overall pick. Then you give him a fourth round pick too. I mean that makes sense uh, to me. Because right now, who do they have? Yeah, the other mock. I mean, Jermaine Johnson or Debo Samuel. Who would you rather have? I'll, I'll take I'll take Debo. So you be you know the fourth overall pick and the fifth fifth rounder. So that's what I'm. And the Jets, you know, as much as we give them crap, they do know they have swung some good trades in the past. Like the Jamal Adams trade, looking pretty good right now in their perspective. So I, I think they're kind of shrewd when it comes to the draft picks. One of the few the good things, as far as these trades go, a lot of them. So we'll see. But it's funny too, because immediately when Debo said, it, now he's complaining that people are talking about it. Oh, like why you why are you talking about it? Oh why they keep so much time, well it's like, well, I mean you-, you scrubbed your Instagram of it and you said you wanted to trade and you're in a great system. Like be careful what you wish for. This to me screams Le'Veon Bell situation. Like, right, Le'Veon Bell was on a Hall of Fame trajectory coming off a great year, everyone thinks of him highly. Just like Debo Samuel. Went to the Jets. Haven't heard from him since. He just kinda fell off because he went chasing money. So you know Debo, you can go chase tonight. Wants to get paid wants to leave his great situation. This is just like Le'Veon Bill. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Because you're going to go to the Jets and you're going to become irrelevant. So we'll see. Life's a little bit tougher when Zach Wilson still passes. Um, Let's move on to this. We're going to talk about the association. There was two big things that came out of this week for me. Like two things that stuck out immediately. First one, I mean, all right, let's get this out of the way. The Bulls got eliminated. It wasn't pretty. And I know I've said this before, but, my God, that the, the Chicago Bulls team, the like Jerry Reinsdorf's teams, it's like that Spider-Man meme, like where they're pointing at each other. It was exactly the same. The Bulls and the 2021 White Sox, literally the same team from this year. Like, Bulls and White Sox, both two good rosters. Both add impactful free agents during the offseason beforehand. Pretty, like, you know, people are excited for them. Expectations coming in. Both get off to a hot start. Bulls were the one seed for a little bit. The White Sox had the best record in baseball at the end of May. So, but there, so there you go. Both of them hampered by injuries. White Sox going down the list. Eloy got hurt before the year. Luis Robert went down. Um, Yasmani Grandal got hurt for a a period of time. Just, everyone just kept getting injured. No one could stay healthy. Bulls, same thing. Levine injuries on and off midway through the year. Lonzo Ball. uh, Patrick Williams was out at the start of the season. Caruso missed a bunch of times. So like They couldn't stay healthy either. The White Sox couldn't win on the road. I think they were on five. They had a below 500 record on the road last year, I think. Just just under it. Bulls, same thing. Both of them, great at home, could not win on the road. Both of them, when they played contending teams, they looked like frauds. White Sox had a losing record against teams, you know, contenders. Bulls, near the end of the year, was getting ugly. Both of them, first round, gentlemen sweep against a team that's going to be a World Series contender. Astros, we know how good they are. Uh, the Bulls is the same thing. It was like they was parallels all the way to the end. Like it, they were literally, basically the same team. <laughs> it was spooky the similarities, like injuries can't win on the road, good roster, gentlemen sweep in the first round. I mean, woof. spooky. But I mean, we were we really surprised? It's funny too because like Chris Middleton goes down, and everyone had a little bit of hope in Chicago. Like we played him tough in Milwaukee twice. So when you would think when it gets back to Chicago, they put up a bit more fight, and Giannis just steamrolled on I mean, That's why it's like, oof, that was ugly. That was ugly. But now with that, because the Nets got swept, and they're taking it on the chin right now. Because now, with that now, that is the first time. So it was bad enough, LeBron James, they, they didn't make the playoffs. The Lakers are the first team in NBA history to come into a season. Favorites to win the title and miss the playoffs. And then the other favorite to win the title was the Brooklyn Nets. And they get swept in the first round, which is <laughs> not a great look, especially when you got a guy that's, you can argue, is the best player in the world. You can argue with Kevin Durant. Take it, or leave it. Boy, is it going to be tough after getting swept right there with the team they have and the expectations they had? They were title favorites heading into the season. Like that conference coming out of it, everyone had the next. They were the Vegas favorites easily before the year. And they get swept. And now... Boston, they get rolled by Giannis next round. Well, how is that going to look on Kevin Durant? Like, there's some pressure on him, and he's not even playing now. Like, legacy-wise, if Boston gets the doors blown off of him in the second round by Milwaukee, Mal- to- Giannis is making a statement. Can you really make the case that Kevin Durant's the best in the world if that happens? Y- you wouldn't be able to. Not only would it be a bad look for him in the Nets, Giannis, I think, would stake his claim easily, which I already think he's the best player in the world, personally, but if they beat the Celtics four or five games here this series boy Kevin Durant's already they're taking some heat right now this this Nets team not only him everyone on the Nets is Kyrie getting a lot of pushback deservedly so by the way you cause distractions you don't play half the year like this is what's gonna happen uh especially when they're getting paid that much and by the way for Kyrie Irving too you're the Nets I I don't know if I would keep him like I is it really working out? He seems more of like a distraction than he is. He's more of a detriment than an asset at this point. But I don't know who you would get back for. If I'm another team, Kyrie's disengaged right now. You know, say another say another conflict comes out overseas. Kyrie might sit out another another 20 games or whatever. Like you never know why he's gonna sit out. And that's on a contending team right now. You trade him to some like dud that he doesn't where he doesn't want to be, because he wants to be in Brooklyn him to a team where he doesn't want to be he's not engaged even more like he missed time as it is like he's gonna miss even more time he's not engaged you don't know what the heck you're gonna get so i wouldn't want to tra- if i'm a team i wouldn't want to trade kyrie Irving right now um so that that that's the thing you got to consider and then the ben simmons thing apparently already the nets who report that are already exacerbated by the whole ben simmons situation he hasn't even suited up for a game for him yet so i mean I that's, that's another guy. That's two people right there I don't think love basketball. Kyrie does. I, he's just strange. Like, Kyrie, I do think, loves basketball. I just think he's a strange dude. Ben Simmons, I think it's pretty easy. You can see he doesn't really. He's not a guy I want in my corner if I'm in a foxhole, you know. You don't want to be in the same foxhole as Ben Simmons. But, yeah, if you're Kevin Durant, though, and you're watching this series, I am nervous. And I think it's going to be a good series. Like, I think Boston's a good team. But after everyone was going around praising the Celtics, wow, look at the type of defense they played on Kevin Durant. They did such a good job neutralizing. It's great coaching. Then you see Giannis drop 30, average 30 a game. Bucks win in five, sweep them or win in five. It's going to be a bad, like, it's already a bad look that the favorites got swept. And for the conference, it's going to be an even worse look if those favorites. Uh, lost to a team that gets bounced the next round by Giannis <laughs> yeah, on Scoop. Like, that's legacy-wise. That's going to be tough. Now, there's a lot of things going around with the legacy thing, too, with Kevin Durant uh, because Charles Barkley had some uh, bus driver comments. And I actually think for Charles Barkley, to his credit, for the first time in a while, I actually think he he made a good point there because usually you watch that show with entertainment purposes. Inside the NBA is one of those shows. It's one of the best shows on television. Oh, it's constant entertainment. But if you're watching it for basketball like analysis, usually like you're not getting a ton of great basketball insight there. But Charles Barkley, to his credit for this, time, I think he made a good point. Like, What is Kevin Durant doing when he's been driving the bus? Because that's where all the pressure is like to win a ring. He left Golden State, and they're basically back on their feet two years later. That same group. Without him. And he, he just got bounced in the first round. Golden State looks like a real title threat. Like, couldn't get it done with. You, and you look at all the teams that uh, he's played with, too. Oklahoma City couldn't get the job done as a bus driver. Comes to Golden State, and he's kind of riding the easy. It wasn't really the bus. I think Steph was, you know, they're showing that the, that that was more the Cincinnati played. They had to play, he won 73 games. He's riding coattails to get his ring. Like, not all rings are created equal And all right, as You look at him. Like, will we look at Kobe Bryant the same way if he didn't get those rings uh, without Shaq, too? No. That's what those are important rings for. Kevin Durant legacy, if he wants to be considered, you know, top five all time, which you know he does. I, like I think that matters to him. I think he, he got to get one without he, he had to get one without the words. And now we're looking at him and they're floundering. It's a second round exit and then a sweep in the first round. So Barley has a point, and you know he made it a good point too because Durant immediately clapped back on social media. And when you get offended like that. Usually, people get offended when, like, the, the criticism cl- hits close to home. Like, you're a Brad Pitt, and someone calls you ugly, like, that's not going to bother him because he knows he's not ugly. But, like, me, for example, like, you know, I was doing, I did some stand-up the other day, the first time I went to... Club Flappers, which is a crazy name for a club, but a lot of people have been there, and I'm like, all right, you know, we'll try some stand-up. Someone came up to me after the show and was like, that act sucked. Like, yeah, I would be offended, because I know, probably, yeah, I was uh, not that good. I guess it's like, that would hit closer to home. Then I would be a little bit more offended, and then I'd get a little more defensive. Like, when the criticism you think in the back of your head is true, it hits a little bit closer to home, and that's why I think he lashed out a little bit, and that's why I think the same thing with Doc Rivers, like, Doc's pretty well-liked by the media. I know this is kind of pivoting, because the whole through one thing but that's another one too you saw his reaction or he's making the defenses like oh look at this terrible team i had in orlando and chris paul missed two games the one series, the clippers you know all this stuff It's because he knows the pressure's on it and it hits close to home so that's why he's defending himself like out of field left like out of, you know you think it's something like this thing sit there and think about like think something that you're self-conscious about someone insulted you on it or called you out on it and you knew part of it was true if there was truth in it then you're going to be more inclined to defend yourself. It's just human nature. If you know it's not true, and you think, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to be saying this. So the stereotype that for both of those are real, and I think that's why Durant, you saw him so pissed off. Same reason Doc Rivers had that long, drawn-out explanation for why he blows all these 3-1 series leads. There's a lot of pressure on 76ers, too. People think they lose the game tonight, but they're losing that series. And I, I can easily see it happen. Now, I picked the 76ers in uh, six before the series. So, you know, we'll just stick with that pick. But it's kind of playing out exactly. like it. The 76ers don't look great. I think the thumb thing's really bothering Joel Embiid, which as well it should. Like, he's going to have to have surgery on it. He's kind of gutting it out up there. And Harden looks like he's lost a step. But this is why you bring James Harden in for these moments, this closeout game. This is why you don't really trust him in the playoffs either, because he's looks slow. I mean, he's always struggled in the playoffs, but now that he's getting older, doesn't seem that he doesn't have that foot speed anymore where he can just blow by someone. And you, you see it. It's It's a struggle. It looks like a struggle for him. Just doesn't have that explosive first step anymore. Yeah, you don't see him blow by anyone. Scotty Barnes, all of them like mold on a shower curtain. It's like. So. Like you what there's one, like he used to be there, oh, there was a couple times. It looked like he was about to turn the corner and usually do that, like, floater. He, he, and he just doesn't, can't, doesn't seem to be able to get by anyone anymore. So, like, this, they're in a real—let's they're, they're, be honest. Like Coming back from a 3-0 lead, it's tough. It's never been done before. But if the 76ers were the team to blow, would anyone really be that surprised? Considering Doc Rivers' history and the way this team looks. You, you look at—I mean, you look at Doc's track record in the playoffs— and you look at James Harden's track record in the playoffs, I mean, it, it would not be that surprising if you told me that, yeah, you know, the two of them, the team joined forces, and uh they blew a 3-0 lead. Like, I wouldn't be that surprised. Look at their history. It's right there. People tell you who they are. Believe them. Yeah, Doc Rivers is a nice guy that blows 3-0 leads. James Harden is a guy that shoots low percentages in the playoffs That's the shrink. It happens. Uh yeah, I don't think, I, like I said... I, I don't I, I think the sixers close them out but tonight in game six I would not be surprised if they blew this to be league. put it that way um yeah Celtics still I will say that that was pretty surprising I, I picked the Nets in seven in that series that's I knew the celtics were good they're, they I don't know if they're that good like that boy bucks uh Celtic that's gonna be that's gonna be a great series um you know one of the more interesting series in this first round and I think it's also it's too bad because I think it's the most non-impactful one, too, is the uh, the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Because neither of these teams, I think, they're both young teams, very young teams. Uh, they're both up and coming. I think both of them are kind of a year or two away from being actual contenders. Uh, so I think whoever wins this series are getting slapped around in the second round, regardless of, of who wins, but... It's been pretty fun, hasn't it? We got chicken protesters. People are gluing themselves to the court. Uh, security's got to tackle them. We got Ja Morant poster dunks. Grizzlies are or the Timberwolves are blowing huge leads in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything for it. It's exciting. But Ja Morant, man, he's looking. You know, I Derrick Rose was one of the most exciting players I've ever watched in the Bulls, man, because one, he was from Chicago, so he felt like one of ours. And then, you know, he wins the youngest MVP. Looks good doing... Like, this is, I think, the closest thing we've ever seen to Derrick Rose. Maybe you know, he can argue Ja has even more bounce. It's... I remember the feeling of watching Derrick Rose in his prime. It feels like Ja Morant. Like, it's really watching him in the playoffs now. It's It's like Derrick Rose is slightly more bounce. It's... He's so much fun to watch. And he's clutch, like... He's had 35 points in that game five. And that was a huge game. Both of these teams are like like I said, they're both young and experienced. Like, but like 2-2, that game five is huge. The Grizzlies lose that, they head back to Minnesota. That's tall order. They they needed to win that game. I thought that was a good indication who's gonna win the series with that game. Battle back from down 10 in the fourth quarter scores 18 points. 10 coming in the last, what was it? I think he had 18 in the second half, or was it 18 in the fourth quarter? You know, I, mean, I think he had the, yeah. he a huge three at the end. That's a big time play. That's why you play a franchise player. You're, what you're looking at with John Morant, that's the, you know, it's a reincarnation of Derrick Rose. I just hope he doesn't have the same injury problems. It's because he has so much bounce, and I know that puts a lot of stress on, on the knee, but eh. the kid's, he's a real deal. He's the real deal. If there's anyone in the NBA that I could say I I would pay, you know, you get a courtside seat, you could watch him play. You can easily make the argument but John Moran will be the guy. You'd want to, you know, pay money and watch play. And this is the first year I've been i have I've I've seen, you know, for the first time this year, especially coming out that LA, Clipper games are dirt cheap. They basically give tickets away. i watched a bunch of stars come in. I've gotten the privilege to see a lot of great players this year. LeBron James got to see him in person twice this year. Um, James Harden, Giannis. And like I said, I think Giannis is the best player in the world right now. He was, I mean, you know, and he was good the game I saw him. Yeah, I think 20, 28 points. I don't block off the backboard, but his game is not like exciting to watch, you know. He just kind of bullies people around and he'll dunk a couple. He poses well because he's big. Then he'll get a wide open jump shot. People will dare him and he knocks him out. Like, Jaws exciting. He gets, to, he'll get, he'd have the same box score, and there's like a flair to it. Oh, he, he's he's very fun to watch play. Like James Harden, another one. He had an excellent game. James Harden had a great game when I saw him. But he's not that much fun to watch either because half of his points are coming out the free flow line. So, uh, not all great players are built equally. He's he's the one person I think you pay good money to watch courtside. You pick one person to watch live game. He'd probably be it. That being said, I don't think either. Like I said, I don't think either of these teams are, are uh, moving past the second round. But th- this Timberwolves team, though, they got a lot of talent. If they weren't so young, they just need a little, I think you just got to get some veteran experience because they they should be up in this series. They've outplayed the Grizzlies a bunch of them. They just keep blowing. Like the one, I think it was their first game three was inexcusable. It was bad, the, the run they gave up. I think they had two 20-plus point leads, choked both of them away. That's inexcusable if you're you're the Timberwolves, but I mean it's been if you're a Timberwolves fan, I think that's a successful season. You know to think regardless of what the outcome of the series is, survive the play-in tournament, make some noise in the first round. I you know, you can be, you can be proud, and you are I'm not saying the series is over yet. I mean, you know this has been competitive, it's, but it's uh, been fun to watch been fun to watch all right i've been you know i gave chris paul a lot of credit over the past couple years um and yeah i gave him credit on the last podcast i'm a big chris paul fan all right it's no secret i, I do like chris paul but man i if you're talking pressure first round he's right up there he's kind of it almost feels almost like the doc rivers type pressure because chris paul now that Devin booker's out they're playing in eighth seed they're the clear final favorites at this point like they're coming in the playoffs Everyone was like I, you know, my prediction is Suns versus Box rematch. You know, really went out on a limb there, but it was true. There's a reason the Suns had the best record. And Devin Booker gets hurt, so now it's kind of his job to close it out. And they're saying Booker could be back late in the series, game six or seven, maybe. But even if he is, I feel like he's on a minutes restriction. Uh they kind of gotta ease him back in, especially, you know, those leg injuries and stuff like that. You wanna be you wanna be a little cautious. Paul, he's showing his age. It seems like he gets t- like he has one good game and then a lot clunker in between. Like he's gotta close them out because if you you got to think about it, this is probably their best chance to win a ring. Like this is gonna be his last great shot on the one C playing at eight C. You just gotta close them out. And if you none of you going back to the legacy thing, they don't win this series, that that goes as much that as like Chris Paul, that will be an indictment, I would think, because you're the you're the one C. And I get your your best player just got hurt there, but you gotta close them out. Gotta they they, they got the home court advantage too. Like you cannot be the second best player, like a superstar on a team, which he he, probably, he is. He's one of the stars. One a right behind Booker, and he's scoring four points in the playoffs. Like the fact he, he he had four points in the playoff game, and no one's talking about that. More people should be talking about that. Like that, that, that cannot happen from your second best player when you need him in a big moment, especially when your star is hurt. And after this year, if DeAndre Aiden's gonna have to be paid. You're gonna figure that whole thing out. Like this is your best chance here, Chris. Like oh, he's at, the Alvarado's causing him to have two eight court back their uh, the eight second violations too. He's he's got to figure it out. There's a lot of pressure on Chris Paul in these next couple of games. Like they they the Suns. <laughs> the You go down first round, it's going to be like, like, that's going to be, boy, that's going to make you think twice about Chris Paul and his resume. They they can't win this series somehow, so we'll see how it goes, but the playoffs have been good. I mean, they've lived up to the hype, I think. Has it really been a bad series? You know, and then... Jazz. And, this is the other. This is another series too. The last one we really haven't talked about the Jazz and Maverick. Here's all I gotta say. Donovan Mitchell. Your defense has always been a problem for him, but he always scores a lot of points like this. That, this series, three games without Luca, they couldn't really take advantage of it, and now his shooting's kind of taking a dip, and he doesn't play defense. Not a great series for Donovan Mitchell either, and I love Donovan Mitchell. I kind of want him to pull, I want him to pull together. Okay, you gotta get it together. But the Mavs look, uh, you know, they're looking good. I mean, the fact they were able to weather the storm without Luca, and now he's back. I think it's a missed opportunity for the Jazz, and you know, you you really after this year, you kind of got to reassess where you're at because they've had the same team a couple times. You can bounce in the first round, did the did the Jazz blow it up after, if they lose this first round series? It's a real it's a real conversation you gotta have. They've been they've had this court for a while and Mike Connolly doesn't look like the answer taking him over the top, so we'll we'll see. We shall see. Alright, let's do a little baseball. A little here's my we'll, to end it, we'll talk a little MLB, just the, the weekly checkup on the White Sox. That's the team we're gonna be talking about because you know that's who I write for, so you know. You wanna talk about the whole MLB as a whole, we find another podcast. Because White Sox is the team I talk about. Um <laughs> Kidding. Um, I, I do talk about the whole movie, but the, the Tony LaRussa thing is baffling to me. Our my boys have lost uh now nine of their last ten, I believe. There were eight straight loss, one yesterday, lost again today. Um in extra innings. Aaron Bummer looked horrible. Uh Tony La Russa, if you're making the joke, is probably drunk while he's making the lineups. It, it, it's gotten so bad lineup-wise that even the players are questioning him. Like Leary Garcia, who we talked about, there's was doubleheader in Cleveland. And uh Tony had him batting in the three spot twice. Who might he might be statistically the worst three hitter of all time. Like I think he had the lowest OPS in the past like decade of three hitters, some ridiculous stat like that. Uh he said he saw the lineup, and he thought it was a prank. Like he, he laughed when he, the lineup came out because he thought they were pranking him, and then like the lineup never got removed. Cause as they were warming up, he was waiting for him to swap it out and like put up the actual lineup, then he's like, oh wait, like I actually am batting third. Like even he was shocked and baffled. <laughs> By La line. It's almost like he has a hat, and he's just, like, picking him out of the hat, and it's, ugh. Good God. And they got more injuries. Now, Liam Hendricks might have just got hurt. Sad. Sad. But it's still April. That's the nice thing about baseball. 162 games, you know. I am convinced. I am convinced by uh, July I'll be laughing. Aaron Bummerl of an ERA sub-330. And it'll be like, hey, you know what? Remember when I was all panicking after the third week of the season? <laughs> not that big of a not that big of a deal after all. Well, yeah, there you have it. That's all we got for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. The playoffs have been exciting. I'm telling you, watch them. And, uh, you know, draft. If you want to save yourself some time, just look up the results the next day. Especially when it gets to the second or third round. Now, mind you, part of the reason, like I said, there's not a whole lot of luster in this year's draft anyway. Uh, as far as impact players, but the Bears also don't have a first round pick, which is, and by the time after the third round, it really just feels like a graduation for like people you haven't met. Like Bill Burry always did the bit. It's so true. You're watching it. You're watching the draft on the, like the, the third after the third round. It's like, who who is this guy? They're calling up name after name like you've never heard of any of them before. And it's just them walking up to the stage. You got Mel Kuiper babbling. That's <laughs> horrible. I, hate, yeah, I don't. I don't like it. Save yourself some time. Skip, skip the draft this year. <laughs> You're not gonna. You know, you know, you get to see who they all pick after the fact. You make your sense with that. I think you, 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 time can be better spent than watching this year's draft. Go improve your mind. Go read a book. Go watch Dave Chappelle at The Hollywood Bowl. That's what I'll be doing. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Gavin Watts, stud. Trey Turner, stud. Justin Turner, stud. Oh, uh, like, where do you... going. Keep Cody Bellinger. You know... When he's not getting high before the game and stinking up the joint, like he's dangerous. Oh, that's a good team. That's a good team. Early, that that they've stood out and they're playing like it too. Now their schedule's been pretty easy to this point. They're playing the Braves now, which is a little slightly tougher. Uh, they booed Kenley Jansen last night. What is with that? Psychos out here in LA. These fans out in LA, they're they are a bunch of psychos though. You wear the opposing team's jersey. You be prepared. You know, watch your back leaving the parking lot. That's all I'm going to say. Just get prepared to be stabbed. Um, so, yeah, know, there's some crazies. Crazies out here. There's, there's, there's weird, felt like, they're booing Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen, all-time leader in and they're booing him. But, uh, yeah. What are you gonna do? Moral of the... The moral of this podcast, if you've made it to this point, don't drink on a plane. If you do, don't fuck with the guy in front of you, because it may be Mike Tyson it will beat the shit out of you. Don't say rude things to athletes if you're not ready to back it up. You know, and if you get flipped off, you know, that's fine. Don't... don't it happens, but you just know... He had it coming to you. He's fans. To be a little bit better. DeMar Rosa, let's put a little bit more respect on his name. He's proven he's a playoff performer. That was a big-time playoff performance. White Sox stink. Tony LaRusse is drunk. You know, don't get drunk on a plane. Don't get drunk before you're making a lineup. There's Tony, Tony LaRusso's lesson here. <laughs> and if you're Debo Samuel, I'll well, quit your bitching and stay in San Francisco because it's, you're gonna end up in a worse spot. And there you go. There you go. Podcast in a nutshell. Uh, thank you for wasting your time with me. Um... By the way, we're sponsored by Shocked Hydrate. You know, I said it last time. It's the working man's energy drink. You know, unlike Red Bull, they don't have an F1 team. You don't want to support Red Bull racing? Get a Shocked Hydrate. Or if you're a gamer nerd, that's actually what they make it for, is this Shocked Hydrate or Shocked Energy. Yeah, it's it's for gamers. It's the gamer's drink. You know, you're out there grinding away, thumb's getting a little tired, Shocked Hydrate. New watermelon flavor. Use the code DISPUTE. You can support us. They'll kick some money to us. A little money in the budget, the quality content's going to improve. Get us another (laughs) co-host. But that's all we have for you. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs.